0: Good morning sports fans and welcome to episode one of the Sporting Worcester podcast. Every week me and a guest will be celebrating all of the amazing sport that our city has to offer. Our guest this week is Worcester Warriors rugby player Scott Van Brader. Scott, welcome to the podcast, thank you very much for being on. How Thanks, are you, Tony. you okay?
1: Yeah, we're doing very well, thank you.
0: Excellent. Uh, so we'll uh, hear more about Scott's sporting journey so far a bit later on, but let's look back at a couple of the big big stories from this week. So Scott, are you in, into your basketball at all or not?
1: Oh, bits and pieces, Little not too pieces. much. Another um, NBA has just started. NBA
0: has just started. More importantly, though, the Worcester Wolves played on, a, on Friday night and unfortunately they lost to the London City Royals, 77-64. Um, so they'll be hoping to bounce back this week with a home game against Bristol Flyers at the University of Worcester Arena. Uh, so if you get a chance, do pop down to that. It's a great night out, uh, so do get down there. And then, got to bring it up early door, Scotty, the Worcester Rugby this weekend, not the result we were after. Uh, yeah, not. I think you're obviously there watching the game. How how, how was it?
1: Um, first off, we were actually like completely controlled everything, and then second off, just one or two soft moments let it slip again. I think um, just seems to be our away days or what's letting us down at the moment. And we saw we love playing it six ways, and we go away from home and just. A few soft moments are letting us down, so I think that's what we'll be looking to look back on this weekend, but still lots of positives to take. I don't think too many teams are going to go to Saints and get much away from it, but to be that in control for a first half like that, and then just the soft moments. Yeah,
0: for sure. But got off to a, got off to a good start to the season last week uh, yeah. Yeah, against Leicester. How, yeah. how, how was that? Good, good one to watch?
1: Yeah, I think like we still weren't firing on all cylinders, but just to get a good, get a good win first game, it's been a while. I think Westhaven won their first game in quite a number of mm-hmm. years. Um, but luckily against Tigers who seem to be we seem to be their bogey team yeah, at the moment. Sure. So nice saying, one to start think starting right? You you yeah. yeah. And then I mean last year we were a drop kick away from winning our first game and that led on to like three or four really close losses where to get a win first up gave us something to build on and then I think we'll take what we can from Saints and then a big one against Exeter this weekend. That'll
0: be nice, that'll be nice. Uh, and then thinking a little bit wider in the world of sport, we obviously had two big, big World Cup games this weekend. Um, as an Englishman and a South African yourself, we're, we're both pretty happy. Did you watch games? What did you think?
1: Yeah, I did watch both of them. Um, the first, obviously, the two semifinals were quite different, one yeah, with lots and slightly. lots of quality, one with not as much, but in the end, all we wanted to be was in the finals. I'm so... Sure. As good as England and New Zealand were, it doesn't really count for much. Come this weekend, the finals, one-off sort game. So, if we can execute our game plan, then anything, anything can happen.
0: And so, where, so on that game plan, where, where do you see? So obviously England were pretty dominant over a very good New Zealand team. So where do you see South Africa hopefully making
1: some inroads against that England team? Um, I think if we just like we stuck to this kicking game, like mm-hmm. not playing any rugby and all in and half. I think if we do that, we'll just have to be perfect because England have shown how good they are with ball in hand, attacking yeah. from everywhere. So. As we weren't really great against Wales, but managed to get the job done. If we can have the perfect kicking game, put them under pressure, contest in the air, get the ball back and then... Let our forwards just try to get stuck into england then i think we can really just grind out get three six nine points maybe a rolling more try mm-hmm. and that could be all you need yeah. as finals are never going to be 30 40 50 points it's always two or three points in it so if we can win the small moments then i think there's always a chance
0: you've got a lot of power in that pack and then a lot of power to come off the bench as well
1: yeah i think that's a tactic they've used that six to split so we know the type five can empty the tank go really really hard for that first 50 minutes and then we've got another 5-6 guys to come on who can make a difference and they have made a difference throughout the tournament for
0: sure so prediction putting you on the spot a bit what do you reckon um,
1: I've got to back us got to back the boys luckily the pre- I will say this the pressure's on England but yeah. I think I, re- I think it's similar to the scoreline this past weekend maybe like a 19-16 a mm-hmm. that sort of thing Pollard not to miss a kick again okay. touch wood okay. that'll nice. be nice I like it no extra time no extra time right. I think England will be out for revenge from 2007 yeah, but hopefully sure. South Africa can Still, stick one another one over there, definitely.
0: And then, go, thinking back to 2007 and 95 as well, I think a lot of people that maybe don't watch so much rugby or just just sort of tune in for the World Cups maybe don't understand how big of a deal sport and especially rugby is in South Africa. So, you can you just talk a little bit about about that and how those two wins, especially, sort of what they what they can do for a country?
1: Yeah, I think it's massive. Um, looking back, first to 95 was obviously soon after apartheid, Nelson Mandela just became president and. He he saw it as a way to unite the country. So by investing in the game and he like put some time into it, the rest of the country bought in, and by us winning really united the country at a time like a really critical moment for us. Forward to 2007, things were pretty stable, and it was just we had a really good team going in, and it was one of those where the whole country was so excited, and we ended up um, getting the job done. And I think now we've come even further. where our teams fully transformed now. You got Sir as captain, who's an unbelievable bloke, and I think. The thought of having like your first black South African captain lift the trophy this Saturday like, it's kind of gives me goosebumps right now, but yeah. that would be an unbelievable moment. Like, I know England obviously really want to win, but yeah. for South Africa, I think it would mean that much more seeing yeah. Sia see lift that trophy.
0: For sure. I, I, and again, if we can go a little bit deeper into that, again, for people that don't know too much about South African history or, or the rugby history especially, why does that... Why does that mean so much to have to have that first black captain? And um, obviously, he, we saw
1: like back in apartheid, we we were pulled out like banned from international sport because of the apartheid government only allowing white players to play, no players of colour. And we've slowly managed to to build our way through tough times. You've had quotas, which a lot of people have been upset about. You've had like the Kevin Peterson story with him coming to play cricket for England. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those unfortunately and like highly necessary in that we needed to get our country more diverse and more representative of the country we are and I think that's slowly come to fruition and now we have Sia as our captain so he was the first black sports captain full stop pretty much well in terms of rugby and cricket which were the two yeah. predominantly white yeah. sports to have like a team now where we have like completely guys on there on merit there's no there's no need to have quotas anymore than to have a black captain of the trophy I think it'll just Set, like put that powerful message across back home and unite the country once more, and then it'll just—I think it could be a springboard for a positive future South Africa, which seems to be hanging in the balance of it back home.
0: For sure, for sure. I think yeah, wh- I think whatever happens at the weekend, it's going to be a hell of a game, and South Africa have done amazingly well, at it either way, and it's a, it's a great story. I, I'm obviously hoping England lift it, but I think either way, I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, so o- onto you a bit more, a bit more personally, if that's okay. Um, you joined Warriors at the start of last season. Um, so just sort of going into your second season now, how um, have you enjoyed it so far?
1: Yeah, I think it's been, from a people side and the, the people I've met here and the experience and stuff, it has been really good. From a playing side, quite frustrating as mm-hmm. last year I had two different, completely different shoulder injuries, but they were both my two longest ever injuries combined mm-hmm. into one season, yeah. which was obviously tough. Um, the one in our 1st preseason game, which really set me back, and then... I got back, got fit again and then as I was finishing the season strong with about a month to go my shoulder went again so it was kind of tough tough to take from that perspective but the friends and stuff have made you like some really good mates already and now I've been fit this whole preseason, had a good pre-season like a couple of preseason games went well so now I'm just really looking forward to hopefully kicking on this season and next season
0: Nice, nice and we're just chatting off, sort of off, off air about uh, what the next next couple of weeks has got, got in store for you so can you just chat a little bit about like that because you not, not going to be in Worcester for a couple of weeks, basically.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, obviously, we've been trying to plan this podcast for a number of weeks, yeah. and I nearly had it postponed today again. <laughs> um, I've got still like some close friends who still play at the Southern Kings back for South Africa, where I played for five years, and they just got an injury at fly-off. And obviously, we've got a quite a settled Worcester back line at the moment, and guys are staying fit and playing well. So to get some game time, it looks like I might be heading out to join them. Um, for the next sort of ten days, they've got Glasgow on Friday, which should be quite fun, and then Ospreys next weekend. So nice. that would be nice just to get out there, get some game time, and get some sort of match fitness under for the sure. belt, because it's one thing training, but playing the playing fitness is a whole new ball game.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. A couple of good cities for some post night out there as well, I reckon. Glasgow and Glasgow. Oh and yeah, and it should be fun. Got a few
1: few good mates at Glasgow who know their way around. So excellent. That could be a bit of fun, but um, yeah, it would just be nice to get out in the field and just yeah. have some fun again.
0: For sure. Um, so you, you mentioned the Southern Kings there, can you just give us a little bit of your, your sort of background before, before we go over to Worcester?
1: Yeah, so it started, obviously played all the way through school, then I went, moved to the Eastern Cape, or like we call it post-matric year, because um, I wasn't sure, cricket and rugby were both kind of equal for me. Well cricket was actually also my favourite sport, okay. rugby was like backup. and then went there, had good season cricket and rugby, and two of my school coaches actually started the Kings Academy in Port Elizabeth. They offered towards the end of that year to join them for two years. And so I just thought, like, I've always wanted to be a sportsman, whether it be cricket or rugby, or take what I can get sort yeah. of thing. And then that was kind of the springboard. And that first couple of years went really well. Like, then we got into Super Rugby, like, played a couple of games that year. Fortunately, just lost our promotion and relegation game, but then stayed on for another few years. And then, and we might get into this later, but we were kind of the, the president had promised sponsorship after sponsorship. We ended up going bankrupt and a whole bunch of us just threw in the towel and left. And um, we still got a lawsuit going to this day, actually. Oh, really? which is probably still a story going. for a different podcast. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then was kind of, then I, luckily I knew the coach back in Western Province, my old hometown. And he said, listen, like his exact words is John Dobson, like a, it's an awesome human being. He said to me, if you haven't coming to rugby play in the last couple of months, like, we'd love to have you. Yeah. So this was a Saturday afternoon, packed my bag Sunday and drove down. Oh, wow. Trained two days that we had this big guy on team culture. So we had a big night out. Always that helps. weekend, yeah. Always and then helps. next week I was straight in, played, to see, played there, and then next thing it kind of, from there went, like, a few um, guys went to the Olympics with and Colby and John De Jong for the Stormers, oh, yeah. so then I ended up getting Stormers going on tour to Australia for a couple of weeks, which is loads of fun. Mm-hmm. Played a season of Curry Cup and then ended up signing for Jersey the following year because I'd always been looking to come overseas. Yeah. And Jersey rides in the championship. J- yeah. 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 Um, that's where I met, obviously, your brother, so yeah, that was for sure. good fun. And then I had a really good year there, and that's just um, led me to Worcester now. Happily living in Worcester and really enjoying it.
0: And enjoying the city?
1: Yeah, I am. Mean, it is like, yeah. nice and small, but once you know your way around and mm-hmm. you, can, you know where to go, it's actually really nice. And it's so perfectly positioned in terms of yeah. getting to Bath or Bristol yeah, or up yeah. to Birmingham. And it's not too bad to get to London either, so yeah. it's a really nice position. And good coffees. Yes, they are. Awesome, <laughs> lots of good coffees.
0: Uh, so, just touching on, on the Jersey Reds a bit, a bit last year... Quite a strange place in a lot of in a lot of ways to go and play rugby. Such a small island, obviously very close to each other all the time. Lots of time spent with each other all day, every day. Is that a different sort of culture there than it has been at the other clubs you've been to, just because of the nature of the island? Or
1: yeah, I think you hit the, like all oh, what you said, they hit the nail on the head. Um, it is you become quite a close bunch of mates there yeah. because obviously all together all the time. There's no running or hiding away or just popping out like driving to somewhere for weekend yeah. you're always on the island you're always seeing each other every day it's a coffee here or something yep. every weekend you're out watching sports somewhere having a few beers so it's quite a really good fun um, I think that you also need to be careful they of getting stuck on too much so when mm-hmm. the off weeks come try and get off the island and mm-hmm. just get away a bit but I think from a rugby perspective it's really good whereas if you have like in oh yeah, we had a really close bunch of mates in the end, which we're willing to do whatever they could on the field to help each other and I think that led to a really good season for us. And I think they've been going the year before I got there, my year, last year, and now this year they've started really well. Yeah. They've, Harvey's got something good going on there and he knows how to, what players he needs and how to manage them. And I think the guys, once they get on jersey and experience their life, it's really good fun. Mm. And I mean, the summers with the beaches are unbelievable, yeah. so yeah. you take advantage wherever you yeah, can.
0: Yeah, for sure. And if, for, the, for those that are, don't know what we're talking about, get yourself on Twitter, look up some of the jersey Redge tries because they, they score some absolute worldies. Uh, so have a look at those. Um, so, again, just t- thinking about Worcester for this year, l- last few years have been tough for Worcester, um, sort of always sort of like trying to, trying to hold on, trying to survive, trying to battle relegation. Is there a, do you feel like there's a different attitude this year? Is it looking up the table a little bit more? Or is it realistic in the sense that there's a lot of other good teams and we're just trying to hold on? Or what, what, what do you think?
1: I think we've got to, we've got to be looking up. I mean, like, it's been quite a settled squad now for last season coming into this year like made a few good signings and I think we've got to we were only say two wins last season from being in the top six and I think the the nature of the premiership if we can be really good at home and start upping our waveform we can we can we need to look up and need to look top six because I think as soon as you start thinking about relegation or thinking about surviving you naturally drag yourself into there and lower your performance but I think it'll be really good for us to to push on now and like this is the season I think we need to show we're not the worst of Old where you're thinking 10, 11, 12, we've got to be New Worcester and we're thinking 5, 6, 7 sort of thing and really start pushing ourselves up and making a name for ourselves yeah. because we don't want to be stuck in this limbo every year where with two months to go we're looking to be close to the bottom, we rather want to be two or three points off the top four and really pushing pushing the big teams and making a name for ourselves. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. You mentioned a couple of times now that sort of um, home record versus away record and I've played a little bit of sport, not definitely not to the standard you, you guys are. Why is it so different, and why is it so common that teams do well at home and less well on the road? Is it is there something you can sort of put your finger on for that, or is it is it just one of those things that, that just seems to happen?
1: It's t- it's, okay. I suppose it's always down to a mindset thing, and even though you don't like you try and deny it, you try and deny it. For some reason, it just it's always there. And I, if I can think too back when I played back in. Um, Port Elizabeth one season, I had a kicking record at home of over 90%, but then away from home at 70%. And it's like, I think you get so comfortable in your surroundings. Mm You're so happy, like in your home change room, like it's your friends and family around. It's all, everything's happy days. So even when things start going wrong at home, you're at home, you're comfortable, you can get it right. But when you're away from home and things start going wrong, then the crowd jumps on your back and then they're in your ear. And then it almost like things compound, whereas at home it's easy to, wrestle momentum back and keep going because as soon as things go wrong for the other team they seem to fall into oh no it's we're away from home everyone's on our case and things like that whereas at home it's different so I think it's, t- it's just one of those things you got to work on and try and try and get right.
0: Yeah yeah for sure. So going back to uh, Scott, Scott as a kid you, you mentioned earlier you played, played a lot of cricket and a lot of rugby any other sports? Most South Africans played yeah. About a thousand sports and seem to be Do really good at them so those
1: are always my two big <laughs> okay. sports like i played a tiny bit of golf when i was younger but didn't really enjoy it whereas now i'm kind of a golf freak as well yeah but, okay yeah um it was always cricket and rugby at my school we i was in like quite a big school in cape town at the wash and mm-hmm. it was you didn't really need to it wasn't like they needed guys to play every different sport so i could focus in the summer it was just cricket so i yeah. could play cricket every day of the week kind of thing games twi- like in midweek and on the weekends and i loved it and then winter was just rugby so that's always the way I grew up and I had a funny. like cricket is always my main sport when I was younger. I actually played hooker in junior school, like oh, really? was a little bit short and chubby guy okay. and then grew, grew going sort of 13, 14, moved to lock because I was quite slow still, got a bit of pace <laughs> fif- at 15 and then at 16 I decided cricket was my main sport. I'm just going to have fun with rugby and move to the back line okay. and then yeah. things just kind of worked for me, yeah. like a few things in my way the next couple of years and then worked. I was actually in grade 11. I missed half our rugby season on cricket exchange to Rican College just oh, up right. the road. So, okay. And that was loads of fun. Three months, I just got to play cricket and didn't have to worry about any school no, work <laughs> As a 16-year-old, that that's right, the dream.
0: Yeah, yeah it what, what were you as a cricketer?
1: Uh, I used to open the bowling and then bat sort of low, like six, seven, eight, depending on okay. how well I was batting. I
0: suppose. A feisty, quick, quick bowler or...? To be honest, not that quick. Like right. I
1: developed a bit of pace late on, but I was more like just line and length okay. areas. Like I would yeah. I could sit on one end and just bowl all day and I never used to get tired, okay. so I really enjoyed that. Like okay. kind of trying to outpatient the batsman almost, see, yeah, okay. see who would crack first yeah. and lots of time more often than not I got them to crack before I did.
0: Okay. <laughs> nice. I have zero patience. Yeah. So you'd have got me plenty of times, I'm sure. When did it become clear that rugby was probably gonna be the way to go rather than the cricket?
1: Probably only that first year when I was doing postal cricket, I okay. went to Kingswood College um, in Grahamstown. So at Rondevash, it was neck and neck. I played provincial cricket that year, not rugby. And then the way the system works in South Africa, there's not really sort of cricket academies that you go to. And you can play for three years and there's under-21 league and things like that. Whereas yeah. rugby, you have that opportunity. So I could, at the end of the Kingswood year, I was either go to university, play cricket and study, and then hopefully build your way up and break in like through the club system mm-hmm. or it was join a rugby academy then you're playing an under 21 competition you're pushing for places in like the, the sort of um our version of like a premiership cup tournament the old yeah, LV okay. cup Yeah. and there was just like the platform to become like a professional sportsman is just not I wouldn't say easier because it's so tough but the platform was there to become a professional whereas for cricket it's much much more difficult okay. and you see so many young guys now coming overseas to try and get into counties because you have that sort of county system where it's back home you have the franchises but it's just not as stable or as as like not in as good a position to become like a professional sportsman. And I think you can see now, unfortunately, in the way our cricket's doing and our rugby's doing. Well, cricket seems to be on a slippery slope, mm-hmm. which we need to stop quickly. And the rugby's on an upward slope yeah. because the platforms there and the foundations on there.
0: Yeah, and a, a great, great summer of cricket. If you were in England, which you obviously were, probably probably not so much as a South African fan. Uh, but what did what did you make of, of the World Cup and then the Ashes and? Oh, get, I think it's always good. All all that.
1: Like, I love. I love like watching a bit of cricket as well. Like yep. always, have loved, and I think, oh, the World Cup from a South African perspective was really, really poor, unfortunately. But and I think lots of people back home were a bit shocked, whereas we, we had kind of been seeing it coming. And just because the World Cup, we thought, oh, we are one of the favourites, like we normally are. But it just wasn't a good, wasn't a good tournament for us. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Our big players, unfortunately, didn't have great tournaments, and yep. we only had a few of them that needed to be good. Um, Whereas England and New Zealand were, I think, the two standout teams and it was fitting the fit crazy final, mental. which, I mean, yeah, I feel like they should have just had another super over yeah, fame. Yeah, I do it. agree, to be honest. I do agree. England were probably the best one-day team in the world, or still, well, are at the moment, and deservedly so, won the World Cup. And then the Ashes, always good fun to watch. And I think, obviously, then things turned around in Australia really put it to him. Yeah. Steve Smith was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, so. Incredible. I think he was just the difference in it, like yeah, master, that yeah, simple. Masterful. Masterful.
0: Masterful. Did you become a, an honorary English fan in the World Cup or not?
1: No, unfortunately you, not. No, I always, no, so yeah. <laughs> always stick Not willing to do that. always stick to That's right.
0: fair enough. Um, so the question I... So I, I used to be a, a teacher and a, like a sports coach for, for youngsters um, and there's, there's always a lot of chat about uh, when someone's particularly good at a sport about whether they should focus on that sport or whether they should sort of say general and not specialise too soon. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think a lot of, I think when you chat to a lot of sort of top level athletes, actually they, they, they have enjoyed playing a lot of different sports and they don't specialise too early. So what, what, do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I
1: think for like, for the sales, for my kid, I would want them to play as many sports as possible. Like you said, so many of the top, top sportsmen when you... They always seem to be just a little bit different from the rest, and they seem to be the best because of something else. And I think lots of them, when you talk to them and they speak about when they were younger, they played four, five, six sports, mm-hmm. so they got to learn different codes and different body movements and different things like that for all different sports. Whereas if you just focus on one sport, you kind of create like a human robot almost, yeah. and you try and get every little thing perfect. But in the end, those sort of don't like seem the Tiger to be like. Woods mold, yeah, they'll be so really like good. But even yeah. someone like Tiger, you think like the flair and the shots he can yeah. play. Like it's just he's he's obviously just a different sort of. Yeah. He's unbelievable. And yeah. maybe individual sports, you can almost think, um, try specialize as much as you can, but while also letting the kids have a bit of fun and play other sports because yeah. I think it exposes them to different environments different mm-hmm. pressures whereas if it's one sport by something time they to 16 17 18 they could become unbelievable and they could burn out and completely yeah. hate the sport in yeah. the end, which is not what you want either so i think it's a tight balance between if you see there's a clear sport you you want them to specialize and you give them the tools to do that but I think without taking away, let them play two or three other sports for enjoyment because until you're 16, 17, 18, you really don't need to be doing one sport every day of the week, five hours a day. If they're doing two hours a day of this sport and letting them have a bit of fun elsewhere, I think that's really important because just in terms are growing up and especially with individual sports, you want them to be part of a team sport and learn like that team ethos and yeah. how things work as part of a team because it yeah. makes such a difference I think later in life
0: but well, yeah I, I found that interesting when, when you were saying earlier actually cricket was your main thing and then when you decided oh I'll just have a bit of fun with the rugby that was sort of when, when it really stepped up so actually sometimes taking that pressure off and just, just having a
1: bit of fun kind of yeah. can work wonders yeah, yeah exactly like there was rugby was like my nothing to lose sport almost mm-hmm. and then um, as things got a bit more hectic, because of the pressures I'd almost faced in cricket, helped me, put me in good stead for the times that came in rugby yep. and then my cricket experience kind of helped me on the rugby field yep. and then things just worked and, and then it was happy day. I, it just worked I suppose. So touched a little bit
0: on it there, but would you have any any advice to any sort of young athletes that are listening that maybe want to grow up and be the next, the next crop of Worcester Warriors players? What would your, what would your advice for, for some
1: youngsters be? Um, from a pure rugby perspective, I would say get your skills as good as they can be because I think in the end everyone can tackle, everyone can run fast and have said. But if your your small skills are good, that's the thing I'll try and get because that's the one thing you can put yourself apart from everyone else. Because you yeah. get the guys who are really fast, you get the guys who are really big. But yeah. if you have really good skills, you can always you can play whether you're big or small. Or um, and otherwise, just enjoy it while you're young. I think. Play other sports like we've said. Have a bit of fun, and then when things start getting serious, know when it's time to, to get a bit more serious. And then when your coaches are telling you to do X, Y, Z, do X, Y, Z because I promise you it pays off. <laughs> I I was never the most crazy talented or anything, rugby, But like when coaches gave me advice, I took it on board and I really worked hard at it. And it was more hard work that's got me to where I am, and than talent. And I think even if you look at the best, the Tiger Woods is like if you put his hours of golf versus now this guy's second in hours of golf the reason he's number one is because of the hours they put in It's not yeah. well, because he was boy up one day and he was just great at golf yeah. he put in the time and in the end the guys who put in the time get the benefits yeah for sure
0: so staying stay on Tiger and on golf a little bit you said you're a, a, a little bit of a golf freak now do you, any good what do you play off
1: um, sometimes when, back home when I was playing a lot I got to about like a 6-7 so Ooh, at the moment okay. I'm maybe like a nine ten. 10 okay. obviously so English a you only get to play so you only get to play 3 or 4 months <laughs> of a year which yeah. is quite tough yeah um, but yeah, I do enjoy it. Like it's, it's too like just from playing a lot, you get like it got a little bit good, and then yeah. makes it. It's quite fun when you're getting when you're getting better. So it's a,
0: it seems to be a big thing in in the rugby world. That seems to be a lot a lot of, lot of time spent off seems to be playing golf.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the best. Like on your off day, you mm. get like a football, you go down, you play every week. Like you talk a bit of nonsense, maybe yeah. put like a ten or twenty pounds yeah, in the yeah, game, yeah, and yeah. just have a bit of fun and a completely like. Even though it's the most frustrating game in the world, it somehow is also the most relaxing game at the same yeah. time. It completely yeah, it takes it. your mind away yeah. from it. So it's like a, And it gives a different pressure, which is quite fun. When you're standing, over, I'd rather have a kick in front of 50,000 people than a 10-foot putt in front of my three <laughs> friends yeah. to win the game. Yeah, like
0: yeah for sure. Who are, the, uh, who are the other good golfers in, in the Warriors? Um,
1: We've got quite, quite a few, but I think a few of the regulars are like Perry Humphreys is also a good golfer. Place of like we all play off similar handicap. Marco Mamma, uh, Francois Fenter, like all okay. really good, and then Cornel Dupree plays a bit. Like mosey plays, Chris Pennell, they all play a little bit. But the, the closer for like the other four of us are, we play more than more often than not. So,
0: and if, is there anyone that's had a go but just can't do it? Anyone that's terrible? I you think gonna the guys rat them out on that or not.
1: They don't. They like they don't want to. They won't come play with us. So they don't back <laughs> themselves. So it's quite a bit tough. Like we try to encourage guys to come join us, but then they're a bit more. No, we don't want to play because <laughs> it's not going to go too well. Even though it's, we all started there, I was once once one of those guys, and yeah, yeah. I've kind of yeah. got it to a reasonable level. So
0: I'm trying my best. I think I'm still one of those guys, but I'm I'm doing my best. Like you say, don't get to play enough. Um, what's the favourite course you've ever played? Uh,
1: back home, I t- like we're really blessed in South Africa with golf courses. Um, my favourite's probably Simola in the Eastern Cape. It's just really, really nice. Okay. But I've been lucky. I played St Francis Links, really nice. Normally a top ten course back home. Um, and the two Sun City courses, the Gary Player Country Club is unbelievable. Yeah. So, where they play the Nedbank Challenge I every mean, nice. year.
0: Awesome, nice. Right,
1: uh, so just a few sort of random
0: quick fire sporting questions, if that's all right. Um, first one, a couple of these might be tricky if, as you haven't had any time to think, but first one, what is your best sporting moment, both as a fan and as a player? So, best sporting moments as a fan to start with?
1: As a fan, 'Cause we're talking about the Rugby World Cup, definitely two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Um, watching one of our mates' place like all our like be- close best mates watching South Africa in the World Cup final, beers were flowing, a few Heineken kegs were on, <laughs> like that was by far I think definitely yeah. Oh and then I must actually throw in the two thousand five um, Champions League final, big Liverpool fan, oh, coming okay. back in Istanbul. Okay. Is, that's as close as it as good as it gets. Okay.
0: They're two two pretty good choices to be fair, that's decent. And then what about as a, as a player? As a player... Um, Doesn't need to necessarily be on, on the biggest stage. Yeah. Could be like a, a school final or, or yeah. whatever.
1: I think, yeah, actually, when you mentioned school there, in my matric year at Rondebosch, we hadn't beaten our main arch trifle bishops for about five years. Okay. And in my year, we beat them 16-10 away at home. And it led to one of the probably best nights of all time. Okay. So <laughs> I think that's that, like, nothing, not too much has come close to that. Okay,
0: to nice. So on, uh, just going to stay on Liverpool, go back to the, the quickfire questions, you, obviously the 2005 slightly different to last year's final, but you still must be pretty happy that you're Champions League champions again at the, at the moment.
1: Oh yes, of course, like it's been between 2005 and getting to the success last year, there's been a lot of ups and downs, far too many downs for my yeah. liking, but yeah. I've managed to stick through the thick and thin and I think Jurgen Klopp's brought us out and already on the good side and like we, there's not too many weaknesses in our team at the moment and hopefully this year could be the year, uh, touch, wood. touch wood, hey, We won't touch talk too wrist. much one week at a time. Villa <laughs> yeah. this weekend, we'll go and then we'll worry about the next game after that.
0: <laughs> Who's your favourite of Liverpool player of all time?
1: Oh Stephen Sherrod. It's gotta be Some, up there. Yeah, it's it's gotta be. It's no competition yeah. to be honest. <laughs> That's fair enough. A
0: favourite manager? Is it is it Klopp? Is he
1: is he up there Yeah or? I think I'd love Klopp, he's awesome. Like, yeah. I enjoyed Rafa and his time but yeah. Klopp just is something else. Yeah.
0: He's just amazing to watch, yeah, isn't he? Every interview so. is just amazing. Yeah. Okay, back to the uh, the quickfire questions. Have you heard of Have you heard of Room One Hundred and One? No. No. So it's basically it's a TV show in, in the UK yeah. where guests go on and they choose something that they hate that yeah. they want to banish to Room One Hundred and One. Yeah. And it means it would never exist again. So, do you have a sporting Room One Hundred and One? So mine, for example, yeah. would be in football when the referee gives the decision and. Every single player swarms the referee. Like if if I had a if I had a choice, I'd put that in room 101 and it would never happen again. Yeah. So do you have one?
1: Or a couple? That's a good question. Um, I've never even thought about something like
0: this. <laughs> um, diving would be a fairly common one diving in football, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, let's say. Um, I'm trying to pinpoint something. There must be this something that I can't think of right now okay. that definitely would come. Let me just trying to run through the different sports and see if there's something that really could be a few in golf
0: there's lots of like etiquette in golf
1: and lots of stuff like that
0: is there when boys that, when boys walk over your putting line does that annoy you
1: <laughs> luckily like the guys I play with don't do it too often so and my putting's not my best part of my game so I'm not too <laughs> so worried it make a um, actually I can't even think we can come back we can come back if you want. I might have to come back yeah? to that. if no I worries. think of something I'll, I'll no throw it in there just now no problem with thoughts
0: uh, so thinking up with the uh, the next week ahead, obviously the Worcester boys have got Exeter on Sunday. Is that yes, right? So that's that's going to be a yeah. pretty tough game. Would you you'd probably expect? Although Exeter haven't started quite as well as they f- sort of finished last season, what are you what are you thinking for the boys on at the weekend?
1: Yeah, I think the one thing when you're playing Exeter, it's almost similar to playing series. You kind of know what's coming. A mm-hmm. um, lot of big boys coming around the corner. You got to front up physically, and then you're going to give yourself a chance. So. I think key to give them a few set pieces in our sort of 30 metres and close to our goal line because they've got a really good driving mall, they'll have a good scrum. So, limit the set pieces and try and maybe hold on to the ball a bit more this week than we normally would just to starve them off possession and then they might try and force things that I don't normally do. Um, if we can, put the play the rugby in the right part of the field and then see if they'll kick and give us opportunities because we do like when it's a bit broken and things are a bit more open. Um, but I think the physicality is the big one this week and we, if we front up there, then you even the playing fields and then it's game on. If we don't front up there, they'll run all over us and then have their way with us. But I think that shouldn't be a problem at home this week and especially after a disappointing result the, this previous week and I think the boys will be up for it physically and then if we can get a bit of, bit of space, hopefully it's nice and dry and we can play a bit of rugby. As well.
0: yeah. and, it, and again, not a, similar to Leicester, not a, not a bad time to play them when they've got Two or three of their sort of stars, stars out of the World Cup at the moment. Yeah,
1: no it is, yeah. Unfortunately obviously they got shoot hold. Yeah, he just saw him drop drop back in, yeah. So it would be nice if he maybe got another week (laughs) off and then but I suppose with him it's you also know what's gonna come, he's gonna run it back. So kick chase, kick it down to him and then give a good line and see if he wants to try something instead of kicking it back, it could play into our hands rather than the other way around. So we know it's a quality player, don't give him space and then the risk and we yeah. can take care of the take it it's all on us really and he's
0: got that that, monst- that monster boot as well as me if, if he needs it yeah who's the most I don't I don't necessarily like the word talented because I think it means it sort of suggests people don't work hard but who's, who's the most talented or gifted player you think you've played with
1: there you go that's another tricky question this, for you this is a good one um, Maybe I'll try go if I can. I'll pick one from sort of the each of the bigger teams yeah, yeah. I played yeah, for, cool, just so to to try and give myself a bit more of a chance. Yeah, that's fine. Um, If I go back to Southern Kings days, I think um, probably have to go. Like I know a lot of people back home didn't sort of get onto the map, but Luke Watson was at his in his prime. I think guys would know him here in his time in Bath. He mm-hmm. was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, when he put it together, he was still really, really good back home. So I think he's up there. Um, I we went to the Stormers. I think you look Skulkberger is just yeah. unbelievable. Like he, like he barely lifted a weight in the gym, but you put him on a rugby field, and you would swear he could <laughs> <monster>. bench 200 <laughs> yeah. kilograms. Like yeah. he was, he was unbelievable too. Um, and then coming more to now, Price team last year unbelievable, yeah, and I crazy. think st- in this year's team still you got like Ryan Mills and Sammy Lewis are like pretty special players. Mm-hmm. Like Sammy could have 50 caps for Wales by now. He mm-hmm. feels maybe half a foot taller sort of thing yeah. and a bit bigger yeah. and Wills should have 50 caps for England he just unfortunate with injuries early on his career yeah. but both him talent wise unbelievable is, uh,
0: you, see, you see fairly regular chat about, about Ryan Mills and sort of his England credentials do you think he, do, you see, do you see him in that England squad in time or
1: I think like if if he really wants it he can he'll, he'll make it yeah. sort of thing and if if, ever, if Eddie stays on if he gives him a chance he would see how good he is but obviously it's tough when you got the Ford-Farrell axes, you've got like Money Chulungi, Henry Slade, yeah. guys like that. And it's unfortunate he's at, a, he's at Worcester now where team play, like coaches will look and say, oh, it's Worcester they're coming 9th, 10th or mm-hmm. 11th. Whereas if us as a team, if we can get up to 5, 6, 7, yeah. I think you're, all of a sudden you'll see two or three Worcester guys yeah. in the mix there. And yeah. someone like Millsy could, he's played fly-off before, he's unbelievable 12. He could be that 10, 12, yeah. he's actually a 12. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to put Farrell there. You could play Farrell, Millsy, or Ford and Millsy yeah. like, quite easily. Um, he can kick off both feet, he can do pretty much whatever he wants when he wants to do it. So I think if if we can as a team improve I think it'll show those players in a more better light yeah. whereas play, like outside people don't kind of take us seriously because we will stand down we're, we're down at the bottom. Bit. Although if you took out like the le- you think of all the good Leicester English oh, yeah. players, yeah, like yeah, for sure. they came so near the bottom last year because their players are already in the mix, they're yeah. in the mix. Whereas if you took away the caps, would any of them be picked last year? Yeah. That's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good question. That's a good question. And then, uh, and then the Ted Hill—he's obviously been in and about the the England picture. Just tell us a little bit about him. He's obviously oh. a pretty physical boy.
1: I mean, like, he's like a human robot. He's like <laughs> human Robocop kind of thing. Like, he's just a freak. He's big. He's fast. He loves to smash people. Yeah. Like, loves to score tries against Leicester. And yeah. <laughs> so I think he's he's got whatever he wants in the future. Him and Ollie Lawrence together, I think, like they should both. If they, they can easily both get fifty plus cuts for England one year, Like they talent wise, like we said it earlier in terms of like pure talent at that age, there's not many better that I've seen. Even back home where we get quite a lot of freakishly talented youngsters, those two are up there with as good as they come. So that should be really interesting following them coming through in the next few years and seeing how far they can go.
0: And staying staying in the Worcester camp a little bit, who who are the guys you spend sort of most of your most of your time with?
1: Um, Ashbeck and Mulsey big time. We, All three of us big Liverpool fans. Okay, so yeah. We spend a lot of time talking about that, um, talking about our fancy Premier League, but we'll leave that for another day because I'm <laughs> doing terribly this year. Who's your uh, captain? Oh, this this week was De Bruyne. Okay. He scored a goal, then they took it away from him and made an assist, which kind of sums up my thing. I haven't had a goal from a captain since about week three, so that's sort of where I am. Not the you're I think. And so good. then you know, those two quite a bit, and then a few like Dean Hammond, Manny Williams, a few of the other staffers. Um, but yeah, I think Ash and Millsy quite a bit at the moment, because okay. we're just talking football every day and okay. just talking a lot of nonsense when we can. Trying to Now I've got the bragging rights on Ash for four years, because he's a big Walshman, so happy oh, days. Oh, perfect.
0: That's all right then, that's good. And then who's, who's the sort of like the, the jokers, the big characters in the, in the training
1: Um Well, Ash has a lot to say for himself, which is quite fun, and he gives it a lot, but also takes it quite a bit, which okay. is quite fun. Um, Nal Lannert can have a on his days he gives it like he's quite entertaining too uh, beefy Ethan Waller he's, he's good crack as well okay. um, got a few got a nice bunch change rooms like got a good bunch of boys that like to like to give it to each other but, and, but everyone can take it pretty well which is quite fun to watch yeah. so it's, yeah. it's a nice we've got a nice environment at the moment where everyone's enjoying each other's company and it's just a good place to be
0: day to day what is what is sort of the routine of, of, a, of a professional road player a lot of people won't, won't be aware I'm sure um, so Don't if we you? say, let's say we take yeah. this
1: week, because we're playing on a Sunday, so on Monday it's sort of off there. But normally Monday you would come in, do a bit of Pilates, some gym in the morning. Then you have a bunch of meetings, reviewing the game from the weekend, mm-hmm. seeing what went wrong, what went right, those sorts of things. Um, then in the afternoon you have a light session, just a half an hour, forty minutes, a bit of a run through, possibly do a few plays that we think you're playing this weekend, because obviously every week different team, different yeah. defence, you yeah. kind of want to try one or two things. Tuesday is our big day. Um, get in the morning, have a gym session, go out to the units, um, do some attacking, defensive strikes, a bit of kicking, a bit of everything. Um, then you have more meetings. Then it's all now it's all previews for the coming weekend. Mm-hmm. So we've done all our reviews Monday, Tuesday's preview day, um, watch clips on the opposing team, seeing where what we can do. And then Tuesday afternoons our big defence day. So you'll get through a good bit of contact to prepare your body. Like everyone's worst it's day the of the week, the but day, unfortunately yeah. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things you've got to do. Yeah. Um, hopefully a little bit of attack thrown in towards the end of the session Wednesday off Thursday you come in um, light gym session in the morning but more more explosive stuff one or two more meetings just about breakdown and the final few details game strat for the weekend then Thursday training day is quite fun like it's more attack based tiny bit of breakdown you get out the way in the first 10 minutes and then it's all attack after that for about half an hour 50 minutes which is good Friday is your captain's run where you're just pretty much jogging through your plays for the weekend all the Work's been done, and then Saturday's game time yeah. where you get to really have some fun. So nice. And
0: what's, do you have like a do you have like a specific pre-match routine that you like to you like to do yourself, or are you um, do you want, I
1: do like I always like to wash my boots and shave on the night before okay. game. It's kind of I can't even remember why it started or when it started, yeah. but it's just kind of become my thing. Like, like in my boots, a good scrub, keep them treat them well, so they treat me well when I kick the next day, and then just shave. Just I don't even know why, but that's just, <laughs> just become because. a thing. Yeah, just because. Just because. got to look sharp for game yeah. That's
0: why. Obviously, m- mentioned quite a few gym sessions throughout the week. It's a, it's a cliche question, but people love hearing the answers. Who, who are the big boys in the gym? Who, who, list, who lists a lot of weight? Ted Hill, of course. Um, yeah, the robot. And yeah. everything.
1: Um, and the props love to squat, so you normally have like Sharky or someone like that squatting stupid numbers. Yeah, okay. Um, and you then, say yeah. yourself, it's fine. No, <laughs> I'm not, to be honest. Like, especially with my shoulders now, everything's, <laughs> just, a, everything's just falling apart. Um, <laughs> Alex Hall, one of the like the academy, and he's freakishly strong okay. all round. Like he's a bit of a freak. And then like Perry Humphreys loves his beach weight. So if you find if you <laughs> need some guns tips, to speak to Perry, he'll be able to help you.
0: Very good, very good. Uh, right, Scott, that, that about does it for us. So thank you very much for uh, for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. Good luck for the next couple of weeks, especially, um, and good luck for the rest of the season. I'd uh, love to have you back again later later on in the year, if that's okay. That'll be awesome. To the listeners, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to episode one of the podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed it, then please do subscribe and share the pod on social media. You can follow us on social media at Sporting Worcester Pod uh, to make sure you never miss an episode. Uh, and please do get in touch if you have anything, any sporting stories that you'd like us to cover on the podcast. Do you want to give your social media a bit of a plug, Scotty?
1: I oh, no, don't worry about that. It's no, don't worry about that. If you want to find me, you can search <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter. But okay, I'm but not big on the followers, so, and it's not too exciting myself. To
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Scotty. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for listening, folks. I'll see you next week.